Don't you quit, we're too close to the home stretch. To him that endureth till the end shall inherit the kingdom. Have you ever noticed how many words are in the Bible that we really don't like? I mean, the very sound of endure. <laughs> Whoa. The problem is, in this coddled society in which we live, where everybody gets the trophy, and people haven't learned how to prepare, how to endure, how to fight through some stuff, how to set a goal and not waver, but keep your eyes on the prize. Come on now, I'm preaching. This We're talking about a spiritual journey. I ain't just talking about football or rodeo or none of that. It applies to all of that. But I'm telling you, if you don't have some, a goal that you're working for, a destination that you're running to, a God that you're worshiping and adoring, what do you have? The word tells us, so run that you may obtain the prize. Tonight I want to I want to just speak a word of encouragement to you tonight. We look, we live in a society. Hey, you know, preachers don't know what they're talking about most of the time because they don't have any problems and they don't have any issues and they don't have any trials, don't have any money woes, they don't have a wife that's <laughs> What have you done today, baby? Anything? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I love me some Miss Glenda. <laughs> Y'all know I love her. I'd have left her a long time ago. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, of course, this kind of goes both ways. I was picking at her. You know, we're going to be married 47 years this November. And I told her one time I said baby you know in all these years I ain't never thought about leaving you but I have thought about killing you a couple of times and she said well that goes both ways <laughs> and the message that I'm wanting to get across right there other than I'm not trying to be funny the message there is look we went through some stuff didn't we baby especially you I'm serious I put her through hell you understand what I'm talking about Particularly the first five years that we were married and I was living in a bottle. She went through some stuff. She endured some stuff. And along with them two, well, them three white-headed women sitting beside her over there, they stayed up some long hours praying this old boy into the kingdom. And I want to ensure you and assure you there's hope for your grandkids and your kids. But you got to get in the trenches and you got to do some spiritual warfare. You got to stand in the gap. You got to fast and pray. You got to take dominion and authority that God has given you over the devil who's on a course of destruction in your family, in your kids, in your grandkids. Amen. I'm tired of him, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Then stand up and fight him. 
I want you to understand something. I got a sermon in Tunica, Mississippi, up there where all the casinos are. I was on the way to the rope in there at Paul Battle uh, Expo Center there, and, and I saw a big billboard, and, and it's, the Lord changed my sermon as soon as I saw it. It says, we don't accept applications, just commitments. United States Marine Corps. Well, I want you to understand something. When you enlist in the army of God, when you enlist in the army of God, are you hearing what I'm saying? The army of God. You're called, you're equipped, you're prepared by His Word, His Spirit, His might, His power to go do warfare. Not to sit in your house with your head under a bushel with your face glued to the TV and just go, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I'll tell you how you're going to make it. You put your big boy britches on. You get in the presence of God. You call on his name. You look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You ingest and digest and use the word of God, which is your weaponry to go forth and subdue kingdoms and to take the authority and dominion through the name of Jesus Christ over the devil and all of his helpers. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke. 22 passage of scripture in Christ alone man I about took off when Skeeter started singing that song then he got followed that up with <laughs> Woo, come on look out now I'm going to get Pentecostal on you <laughs> there ain't nobody ever screamed louder at a football game than my wife When our son was playing football, she basically had to get out of the choir because she had no voice left. <laughs> I got to be truthful. I didn't have much of a voice left either after Friday night's football games. And it's time. I don't know why God's having me camp out right here for a minute, but it, it's time that we cry unto God that we call unto him that we use our voices to bind and to loose and to take dominion and authority it's not time to sit back any longer your very life is at stake the life of your family your loved ones your friends God's word tells us that we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We're, the, we're supposed to be the example that people look to and see in us. Christ, the hope of glory. We are supposed to be the example that when they see us going through adversity and trials and problems and circumstance and situations, we're handling it different. Than the worldly. Why? Because we're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. We are meditating on his word, his will, his purposes. We're walking in his spirit on a mission. By the way, when he gave us the great commission, 
How many of you in here have ever been in the military? Let me see your hand real quick. Let's don't hold it up. All right, put it down. Thank you. You know what a commissioned officer is? He's been given authority and power. And when God gave us the great commission of going into the world, he gave us the authority of the greatest name that there ever has been or ever will be. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And he gave us the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. It will empower you to get up from that pity party that you're in and to begin to do the spiritual warfare that you've been called to do. Oh. And that you win the battles that you've been called to fight so that you can sing another testimony because of the test you just went through unto a God that's worthy to be praised and glorified. <laughs> My mom, who's with us tonight, she's soon be 101 years old, sitting right over there. And she told me, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not wanting to glorify that. I'm just wanting to say this. I've heard her say countless times, Son, You've got one more fight to fight. That's the fight of faith. And when you fight the fight of faith, the only way you lose is if you quit. What did I tell you just a couple of weeks ago that I'd come to realize that God can't do everything? And I better clarify that real quick because I know it's on that camera and it's going all over the world. God's word says he cannot lie and he cannot fail. That's the only things he can't do. And if he can't lie, then everything that's in here is true. And it's everything that I accurately hear his voice speak in my spirit. It's yea and amen. And if that is the case, and if he can't fail, if I'm obedient to his word, I've gotten my marching orders from him as far as what move to make. By the way, I know I'm shotgunning right here, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm going somewhere. <laughs> For everything, there's a time and there's a season. You've got to learn when to speak and when to shut the heck up. You've got to learn when to embrace and when to refrain from embracing. You've got to learn when to laugh and you've got to learn when to cry. And I'm not, and that you means all of us. Stop doing your own thing, your own way. This ain't Burger King. This is God's place and God's way and God's time. Amen. And if we're getting our marching orders from him, he will lead God and direct us into all truths. He will direct our steps. He will bless our movements. He'll put the stamp of victory upon our actions. And we'll live... The life 
of victory. There will be battles. There will be valleys. There will be tests. There will be trials. There will be temptations. There are going to be times you don't feel like it. There are going to be times you don't feel like singing or worshiping God or praising God. That's why Scripture, he knew that. He said, that's why I bring sacrifices of praise to you. I really don't feel like praising. I'm dog tired. I'm wore out. You don't know what my day was like, etc., etc., etc. But that has absolutely nothing to do with his worthiness of, a, of our praise. And by the way, how many of you know and, re and can remind yourself that when I praise him, who, who, yes. what just happened? Yes. His presence yeah. is there. He inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. You're tired, wore out, dejected, feel rejected, lonely, weak. Praise him. Get into his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. His right hand, peace. When you're tired and stressed and strung out and wore out, that's not the time to withdraw. That's the time to press in. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your goodness. Lord, teach us in the, just the next few moments some encouragement, some direction, so that when we leave this house tonight, we leave reinvigorated. Lord, we leave refreshed. We leave recommitted. We leave with a passion and a zeal and a fire in us and upon us, Lord, that we will truly shine in darkness. And that we'll see your power manifested through our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm going to start reading in verse 31 in just a moment. But in the preceding verses, the Passover meal has been administered by the Lord to the disciples and isn't it just like church folk soon thereafter they begin to squabble over who's the greatest among them and Jesus kind of has to put them in their place and let them know if you want to be great in the kingdom be a servant man he always has a bubble a way of letting the air out of our bloom because we think of greatness as position pomp prestige and it can include that but God's own word says the, the greatest among you is the servant of all if you want to be great in the kingdom of God be a servant so anyway he's rebuked them and he's put them in his place or their place <clears throat> and in verse 31 and the Lord said Simon Simon behold Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock 
shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Verse 39. And he came out and he went as he wanted to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat as were it, as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he was come to his disciples, and he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went with before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. And Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and he said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staffs? When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat before the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he, not, he denied him. Saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently confirmed saying of a truth this fellow was also with him for he is a Galilean. And Peter said man I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake the cock crew and the Lord turned and he looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord how he had said unto him before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out. And he wept bitterly. I'd like to look for just a few moments at some steps that led to Peter's failure. So that we don't repeat those steps and so that we can learn from them as to how to not do those things so that we can stay on the victory trail, the victory path. And the first thing I'd like to point out is in verse 33 where uh, I noticed uh, that Peter had a self-confidence and a pride because when Jesus had, had uh, told him what was coming, he says, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Be careful when you start thinking that you can do it your own way, your own self, your own strength. Be careful. The Bible says if any man thinks more of himself than he ought to, better be careful lest he fall. We have to live in a constant 
state of appreciation, but for the mercy of God, the grace of God, the strength of God, the faithfulness of God, the help of God, the intervention of God, that we too are capable of making mistakes. We too are capable of missing the mark. We too are capable of walking beneath where God wants us to walk. We too are capable of allowing one of the fruits of the flesh which we're supposed to be trying to crucify that fruit called pride pride goes forth before destruction one script, one passage says pride goes forth before a fall but I'll, I assure you when you allow a spiritual pride and arrogance to develop in your heart and in your spirit and in your mind you are poising and positioning yourself for failure be careful when you get so full of that Pharisee mentality of I thank my God that I'm not as other men but I, 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 this. When you start pointing everything towards the I, be very careful. Everything we say, everything we do should point to Jesus. In Christ alone, as the song said, don't allow pride. To come in. We have to remember that he's the vine. I am the branch. I have to remember that I can't do anything on my own. But with him all I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Secondly in verse 45. In verse 46. I see where there was a neglect of prayer. Remember Jesus had point blank told him in verse 40. says pray that you enter not into temptation. Notice he didn't say Pray that you won't be tempted because temptation is going to come. But he pray, said, pray that you enter not into temptation. In other words, pray that you don't become uh, part of temptation. Pray that you don't succumb to temptation. Pray so that you're before it comes, before the battle comes, before the temptation comes, before the opposition forces and strength come, before that gets here, be prepared in prayer. Because what is prayer? Communion with God, being in his presence, being in relationship. That's refilling your spiritual gas tank, so to speak, so that you have the fruit of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit to give you the discernment that you need, the words that you need to check you, to back you up, turn you left, turn you right, or say charge. But you need to be a prayer places. We know that our warfare is pulling down strongholds, pulling down things that are spiritual. How do you do that? Not with these. You do that in the spirit realm, with God's word, with his spirit upon it, so that those words that you speak, which are his words, and they hit their mark every time. He said in his word, my word will accomplish that which I've sent it to do. The Lord watches over his word, to perform it. He watches over it. To perform it. Might I share why? For his glory. And your enjoyment. You get to enjoy the ride. I love. I love this scripture brother Warden. The eyes of the Lord. Roam to and fro. Throughout the whole earth among his people 
Are you his people? Looking for someone that will let him show himself mighty and strong upon their behalf. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not grown old, weak, feeble, and senile. He's still capable of doing whatever needs to be done. He's still capable of whatever needs to be done. Did you hear what I said? Somebody needs to say amen. Amen. Or maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you don't believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you don't believe. Maybe you think he's this myth. I choose to believe he's a miracle worker. Ask King Darius. Ask Nebuchadnezzar who watched them three boys in the fire. And the list goes on and on and on. Ask that jailer who saw those prison doors open of their own cells and the chains and the shackles fall off. Ask Martha and Mary and those that were with them that were weeping when they saw Lazarus come hopping out of that grave at his word. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. I want you to understand something. There's nothing too hard or difficult for God. He's intricately involved and interested in your situation. He's aware nothing has caught him by surprise. He's not scratching his head having to come up with a plan B. He's waiting on you. Woo! Come on, where's Duke at? He done run off somewhere, I guess. He shared a text with me yesterday. This is pretty deep. I hope you can catch it. Somebody sent him a text. And he said, there are some who would say to God, Thy will be done. And God replies, Thy will be done. Did you get that? How many times have I told you the most powerful thing that you ever will have is your will. By your will, you can make the word of God of no effect. Or by your will, you can release the word of God into your life, your circumstance, and your situation. So, thy will be done. Where was I? Neglect of prayer. How is your prayer life? There used to be a toothpaste commercial on TV years ago. I know some of you are too young to remember it. But it simply said, how's your love life? I'm asking tonight, how's your prayer life? which is a form of a love life. Communion with the God that you say you love. Don't be guilty of Mark 13 where our lips praise Him but our hearts far from Him. Don't be guilty of lip service for out of the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. You want to know what's in your heart? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. That's what's in your heart. In your normal everyday 
speech. Therein is your heart. Let me move on. Thirdly, in verse 54, we see where Peter was afraid to identify with Christ. Because as they arrested him and took away, one of the other gospels talks about how he would lurk in the shadows of the olive grove and he would stay at a great distance. He, he followed afar off. That's one of the big, big problems in the church today. A lot of people are, really don't want to get too close to this Jesus. They want to stay far enough away that people don't see him, that people don't identify them as one of his. They don't really want to be seen with him. I got news for you. This ain't one of them try it, you like it. This is commitments, not applications. God's saying make your calling and election sure. God's saying get on or get off. Get in or get out. I back it up scripturally because he says I'd rather you be hot or cold. For if you be lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. The Lord does not like double-mindedness, half-heartedness, lukewarmness. And I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what he don't like. Grade your own paper. And don't grade on the curve. Be honest. If adjustments need to be made, you need to make them. Don't be afraid to identify with Christ. Lastly, in verse 55, he kept evil companionship because we see there in verse 55 is when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall. It's like a town square, so to speak. Peter sat down among them. Now, while Jesus was called the friend of the sinner, and so should we be, the sinner's lifestyle is not to be our lifestyle. Our social life should be different than the life of those that are headed to hell. Now we should go to them and love them. For it's the goodness of God that causes men to repentance. We should go to them and be there for them. It's a sad, sad thing. That people can find more understanding and less judgment and more encouragement and more hope sitting on a bar stool at the local pub than they can in the house of God. Because in the house of God, two people are quick to judge. Two people are, people are too quick to throw rocks. People want to kill the wounded. And we don't have to condone the lifestyle. I want to be very clear on that. But we are to love them and to reach out to them and to help them. That's who he died for. The healthy have no need of a physician. It's the sick, the wounded, the broken, the discouraged, the cast down. Those who have lost hope. We have a God of hope to give them. So be careful where you sit down. Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful who you allow to speak in your life because he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Why? Because you're getting ungodly advice from those folks. That simple. 
And I'm going to quit right there. They will take you down a wrong road, a wrong path, because they themselves are traveling in a wrong direction. Have you ever stopped to think about if somebody's lost, how are they going to get you where you're going? Same thing spiritually speaking. Be careful. Peter sat down among them. There was that one. Denial. Two. Denial. Three. Denial. And then that. And then look what it says. Then look what it says. It says, And Jesus turned to him. They made eye contact. No words were spoken. There's a sermon right there, Brother Marvin. Peter failed three times. Just like the Lord said he would. And yet the Lord turned to him. He didn't go, I told him he was going to do that. No. He turned to him. You may have failed time and time and time again. But he's turning to you saying, come on back. Come on. Now I want you to, on your own, go finish reading the rest of this story. Get over and act. Peter, the one that denied him three times that night, one time in the face of a little old girl. One of the accounts says that he even cursed that he knew him. But again, guess what? The upper room experience. The day of Pentecost. You know, the Lord had told him before he was crucified. He says, y'all go to Jerusalem. Or he sent word to him. says, y'all go to Jerusalem. And don't do anything. Don't do nothing. Till you be endued with power. And the Holy Spirit came and rested upon them, resided in them, energized them, fortified them, empowered them, and they began right there in Jerusalem. And the early church, the New Testament church, birthed from that 120 to in a little over a year's time to 1.2 million people with no cell phones, no television, no radios, no nothing. Why? Because they were into shaking the highway and the highways and byways, shaking the bushes, telling them about this Jesus. And after Peter had failed three times, 50 days later, he stands in front of the same Sanhedrin court that had successfully plotted and carried out a kangaroo court to crucify Jesus. He stands in front of them knowing they've got the ability and the power to put him to death just like they had done before. And he says, I ain't afraid to talk to you. This same Jesus who you crucified and hanged on a tree. It's by faith in his name that this man stands before you whole tonight. I want you to understand something. When you're filled with the Spirit of God and you have the compassion and the love of God for people, you will be stirred. You will be moved. You will want to see things differently and not only in your life but in everyone else's life.